The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments, and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Barkey and welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast. I want to do something a little bit different this week and I'm going to talk through one of the, the key concepts that I covered in a recent webinar. So earlier on this week, I held a free lower back pain webinar, which was titled, should I say, sorry, how to make sense of lower back pain so you are safe and feel confident, even with more complex cases. So if you're just hearing about the the webinar, then unfortunately you've missed it. Um, Good news is that all my webinars, whether that's some of the free webinars I do outside of my membership, or the exclusive webinars that I do for the membership are all in the members area. So again, if this is this type of content you want to get hold of, you want to get access to, you want to watch right away, then you can do that. And the the way to do that is to find out um, about the membership. You know, if you're interested, apply for the membership and I can let you know all the details and, and how to get access. So the easiest way to do that is just to head to newgraphphysio.com forward slash membership. I'll give you all the details there about what the membership is, how it can help you, hear some you know case studies of a therapist just like you and how they've benefited from the, the content that is in there. But more importantly, I wanted to talk about the subjective assessment and in particular about, firstly about red flag questions but the the real real important question that you need to ask each and every patient that you see that almost no therapists are asking their patients whether they are young inexperienced therapists or even so-called experienced you know expert therapists it's the question that that eludes them but it's a question that is so so important so we think firstly about our subjective assessment one of the big jobs of our subjective assessment with any patient that we see is to rule out anything sinister and we use our red flag questions to do that and you might ask your patient for the presence of things like thoracic pain, um, fever, unexplained weight loss, bladder and bowel dysfunction, history of serious illness like cancer, um, ill health, 
presence of other sort of medical illnesses, any sort of progressive neurological deficits, disturbed gait, saddle anesthesia, um, obviously age can come into the, the mix as well. So these are all the things that, that you no doubt are already asking um, the patients that you see. And there are clearly specific ones, for example, things around gait, saddle anesthesia, loss of or changes in bladder and bowel control that are specific to certain areas of the body. For example, the lumbar spine. There are specific questions you ask regarding the cervical spine. The the list I gave at the start was, was more around some of the more general red flag questions that you might ask your patient. But it's all well and good, us and you as a as a therapist, as a physio, knowing what's going on with your patient, understanding what's going on with your patient. But what about your patient? So what I want to talk about now is a, a question that you can ask the patients that you see in the clinic, in the department, you know, at the sports club that you're you're working at, to really find out what they think is going on with their injury. I'm going to explain why that's so, so important. But firstly, the question. So the question is, do you think there is something sinister going on? So ultimately, you're asking your patient with their problem, whatever that may be, if they think it is something sinister or is it not something sinister? It's a pretty straight question and they'll give you a pretty straight answer. It's either a, it's a yes or a no answer. They either think something sinister is going on, it's something they're worried about, or they don't think it's something sinister going on, it's something that they're not worried about. There's, there's no in between. And this is so important because, again, we've all seen these patients before that come into the clinic that have these preconceived ideas, perceptions about what is going on with their injury. Maybe they've spoken to a friend, a family member. Maybe they've been and spoke to Dr. Google and they've typed something in on the search bar. Um, you know, For example, they've got a headache and it's told them they've got a brain tumour or something you know, totally um, sideways like that. And again... You know, I've seen probably you know dozens of patients like this who've came in to my clinic with a perception that is way, way off. So again, we can ask them a simple question. Do you think something sinister is going on or not? So why is this important? Well, the answer to the question gives you straight away an idea of your patient's perception, their beliefs about what is going on with their injury one of the key things here is clearly once you work through your assessment if it is very clear from your assessment that they don't have the problem or problems they think they have you can quash those fears straight away you can dampen down any fears that they might have by actually telling them based on your assessment i am really confident that you've not got x y z and when you do this you'll see your patient sit up in the chair You'll see them almost grow, you know, two inches taller because a weight's been lifted off their shoulders. They've genuinely sometimes come into your clinic and they think something really serious is going on. Something that, you know, maybe there's been a family history of a certain problem. It's happening to me, you know, like it did my mum, dad, you know, grandma, granddad, etc., etc. And and again, we're in a really strong position that when we can identify things that are not going on, 
we can educate our patients. We can also educate our patients when they, you know, when they get things wrong. When those patients come in and tell you things like they've got a slip disc. You know, we know that you can't slip a disc. Then we can explain to a patient why that's an incorrect diagnosis and, and actually educate them based on our assessment what is actually going on. Your patient, again, sticking with the lower back, might have symptoms down their leg. They might have sciatica, for example. An explanation here is regards to, you know, maybe they've got some nerve root or um, nerve irritation that's causing symptoms down their leg. And whilst they have pain and symptoms in their leg, they don't actually have a leg problem. It's in fact a problem at their lower back. The thing you always need to remember is that your patient is the VIP. They're the most important person in the room all the time. And again, it's all well and good, you knowing what's going on, you understanding in your head, you know, knowing what's going on, so you can write your notes at the end of the session. But first and foremost is your patient's understanding. Your patient walks out of that clinic and they actually understand what's going on with their body, understand what's going on with their injury, and they're really clear. So again, it's not just about us. It's not just about you as a therapist knowing what's going on. It's really important that your patient also knows what's going on because ultimately, if they have poor understanding about their body, about their injury, about what's going on, then they they don't understand the problem. If they don't understand the problem, if you don't explain things very well, maybe there's a, a mismatch there between you and the patient in terms of rapport, communication, a lack of trust. And ultimately, this leads to poor adherence to, to your program. If they don't understand what's going on and understand what you're asking them to do, then the likelihood is they're not going to go away and do the rehab you've actually asked them to do. It's not that it's bad rehab. It might be the best rehab in the world. But again, if they lack understanding about what's going on and why they need to do that particular rehab exercises or series of exercises that you've given them to fix up their problem, then they're not going to go away and do them. That makes logical sense. If you don't understand something and why you're doing something, then you're not going to logically go away and doing it. I wouldn't do that and you wouldn't do that, but sometimes we don't explain things very well to our patients, yet we still expect our patients to go away and do those exercises twice a day, three times a day, or whatever else we're prescribing to them, and then wonder why they don't do them. So again, if I want to take one thing away from this podcast is to really think about the questions you're asking in your subjective assessment. The big problem that I see with therapists all the time is that they just ask questions for asking sake. You've maybe rope learned a subjective assessment, probably the, the similar format, if not the same format that you were taught at university. You rattle through all the questions, but the quality of your answers you're getting are often you know, substandard. You don't really understand the questions you're asking, the responses your patients typically will give you and what they actually mean in terms of what you actually do next. What does that answer mean? Do I need to you know, go a level deeper and ask you know, some follow-up questions around that area? The most important thing is that you get valuable information. You know, you've got a, a finite amount of time with your new patient assessments or a follow-up appointment. So you want to make sure that the questions that you're asking actually ask, actually add value to that appointment. If they're giving you meaningless information, 
then you may be to question why you're asking those particular questions. And again, questions like, do you think there may be something sinister going on? Is a really simple question. And again, your patient might say, no, and you know, it's not something I'm worried about. No, I don't think there's something sinister going on. And that's the end of that. You know, you're quite happy there. There's no misconceptions or a mismatching their perception about what's what's going on. But clearly, if they start telling you things like a slip disc and the pain in the leg, or you know, they're worried that they need a joint replacement surgery, like a grandparent or or a parent has had in the past, they've got a worry, anxiety, they've got apprehension about something. Again, if you can show them and you can tell them based on your assessment findings that something is not going on, that is as important, if not more important, than what is actually going on. So again, really, really important stuff, really simple stuff. But again, if we don't ask the right questions, we're not going to get the information we need to help our patients in the best possible way. Subjective assessment. If I looked through all the podcasts that I have recorded and put out there on the neurophysio, I would say of all the things we do as physios, so the subjective assessment, objective assessment, we treat patients and rehab patients. There's four things we do. We've got the assessment, which is in two parts, subjective and objective. Then we treat patients, we rehab patients. So four, I guess, four components to look at it really simply. I suspect... I'd almost guarantee that I've recorded more podcasts around the subjective assessment than any of those those other areas, more than the objective assessment, more than episodes on treatments, more than episodes on rehab. And the reason for that is the area that therapists often think they are the best at. They often think, you know, I'm pretty happy with my subjective assessment, but I need some more work on my objective assessment, special testing, etc., I need to get better with my hands and my, my treatment techniques. I need to be better at planning rehab and executing rehab. I need to learn more rehab exercises. But in nearly all cases, when I first start to work with therapists in you know, a one-to-one through my membership, they always have, exclusively have, big holes in what they are doing with their subjective assessment. And the, and the big problem with this is that the subjective assessment informs everything else we do. Your subjective assessment informs what you do next in terms of your objective assessment. And ultimately, that then informs what you do in terms of treatments and rehab. So if you don't get the subjective assessment right, it makes your job getting the objective assessment much more difficult. And if you don't get the assessment right, per se, then you know picking the right treatment techniques and rehab exercises it's almost an impossible job. So that is why I put content like this together to just try and help you out in the best way that I can. So if you want to learn a bit more about the subjective assessment, how to structure a subjective assessment in a different way, to ask questions that are actually going to get you the right answers and information that you can actually use to guide and, and you know, um, you know, give you the information you need to pick the right test during your objective assessment, which is ultimately then going to give you the best chance of finding the right diagnosis, the right problems your patient has. If you get that right, then picking the right treatment techniques and rehab exercises is the easy bit. So if you'd like to find a bit more about how to do this, a different way of working, and you know, in my eyes, a better way of working, uh, then head to newgraphphysio.com forward slash 
membership. So thanks as always for tuning into the podcast. If you do have any questions, you do need some help with anything, then don't hesitate to get in touch. Just reach out to me on any of my socials. Email me, andy at newgraphysio.com. And if you're stuck or want some more help and support, just head to the website, newgraphysio.com. Thanks for listening to the New Grad Physio podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, the five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time, avoid mistakes and stop you feeling less adequate than other new grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.